41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do. They move around just like this. But do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? Hello and welcome to Lenny and Coco at the Leonard Cohen Podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. We're delighted to have you back. As you know, we're talking about a bunch of songs from 1976 and 1979. (laughs) Yes, no particular album this time, just a particular YouTube playlist. Yeah, so once again, that playlist will be in the show notes if you haven't heard it yet. I do recommend checking it out. Indeed. It's got some pretty interesting stuff on there. Yeah. Um, but before we get back into it, obviously I don't have a review of this YouTube <laughs> Yeah, if only. Uh, I mean, there were reviews of Field Commander Cohen, but none of them were particularly enthralling. Okay. Um, but I did find a interview with Leonard Cohen from 1976 during okay. his tour. Interviewed by a man named Mick Brown for something called Sounds Magazine. Mm. Great, great name for a magazine. I don't know if it still exists. Probably not. Yeah. Publishing is a dying industry. <laughs> yeah. And one that I foolishly work in. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I like uh, this early exchange in the interview. Uh, Mick Brown asks, do you use the same technique for writing songs and poetry? And Leonard says, yeah, just one word at a time. Love that. And then uh, it goes on. Mick Brown says, to what extent then should poetry have relevance throughout time? Or do you think it should sum up an episode, a moment, and preserve that on paper for forever? Cohen blinks at his question through the smoke haze. <laughs> I don't know. Forever is a long time. <laughs> That's our guy. Yeah. Uh, but he gets a little more serious. Okay. Here, I guess they're talking about uh, the idea that Leonard Cohen is just a depressing artist who just talks about pain and stuff right yeah i'm getting pretty tired of that yeah yeah but uh he says a cry of pain in itself is just that it can affect you or you can turn away from it but a piece of work that treats the experience that produced the cry of pain is a different matter altogether the cry is transformed alchemized by the work by a certain objectivity which doesn't surrender the emotion but gives it form that's the difference between life and art cool yeah very cool yeah that's great i I like that wonderful description yeah and that's really, you know, that's what it's all about. Like Leonard Cohen isn't just uh, hacking on a guitar and just like, <laughs> you know, doing a screed of how in pain he is. Mm-hmm. Famous Blue Ring, Kill It Aside. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's more Last Year's Man or uh, Dress Rehearsal Rag, I guess. Uh-huh. And we liked those ones. So Yeah, it's true. <laughs> what can we say? No, most of the time he's, uh, like, I mean, he's a perfectionist of anything. He's uh, spending so much time grinding these experiences down into something small and manageable and uh, beautiful. Yeah. Something that can last and can be translated for many people. 
I don't know. Forever's a long time. <laughs> that it is, Leonard. <laughs> he also uh, was asked about Janis Joplin and uh, I guess her death and stuff and, uh, and how other artists around him had been uh, dying young and things. And he says, the life is rigorous and the invitations to blowing it are numerous and frequent. Me, I'm careful as I can be without it getting too much of a drag. Anyway, I'm too old to die that kind of spectacular death. For me to commit suicide or OD would be, he pauses for the appropriate word, unbecoming. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wild. 1976, Leonard Cohen is 41 years old. Yeah. In 1976. Yeah, the moon was full. That was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. The moon was full and people were on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Were they already not on it anymore? Maybe. Moon time didn't last a very long time, I don't think. No. <laughs> Moon time. <laughs> but yeah, it's 1970, mid-70s. You think of all these, like, uh, you know, baby boomer figures. Bob Dylan and the Beatles and the Stones and stuff. Yeah. They're like 30 years old, basically. They're so young. Right. Most of them. Yeah. Link one's 41. Yeah. 1979. It's I 44. Know. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously uh, aware of that. He, I mean, he sings about it in our, in our theme song and uh, uh -huh. he's talking about it here. And then, yeah, it would just be interesting to be like in the same world as all these other people, basically. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of got his own trip going, but essentially you're doing the same things. You're playing to many of the same people. Yeah. And you're basically a whole generation apart yeah well i think you put it very succinctly and i believe it was our first episode where you said something along the lines of leonard cohen is a man who is not young <laughs> yeah a man who never was young yeah it often seems yeah for sure yeah. that that definitely <laughs> seems to be the case yeah well let's go back to our uh, favorite 41 year old and where are we starting off now? Uh, yeah, so we're back in 1976 in Montreux with I Tried to Leave You. Oh, yes. Um, and right off, we get a bit more of Leonard responding to his image as the poet of depression. Yeah. Uh, he's talking to the audience, and I guess maybe somebody's crying or something, and he says, is everything okay? Yeah. I don't want to feel that I'm leading you anywhere that I'm not going, which is a funny little, a funny little thing to say. Yeah, it is. Although I guess this speaks to what... The concert reviews we're talking about of how in 1976 he was surprisingly happy and right. funky. He wasn't ready to go to the dark places that some of his fans probably really wanted him to go. Some people were probably really disappointed that Leonard Cohen was happy on stage. Yeah. But you're a jerk if that was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope you've uh, learned something since then. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this song's cool. I think so too. For me, like, for me, the the jazzy ragtime piano is enough to carry me through this entire thing nice. because I remark on it on the studio version. Mm -hmm. But that mostly comes in. I think it really only comes in at the end, doesn't it? Maybe mm -hmm. a little like on the last verse. Yeah. And then plays on, us out. On the studio version, we do get that uh, that wild little funky chord progression. Uh -huh. Not funky. Uh, no, it's funky in the sense of. <laughs> 
It smells bad. Yeah. But it actually smells good. But in good. a good way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like kimchi. And then, yeah. And then this uh, is just, yeah, it carries all the way through. And it is probably my favorite thing about listening to, to this particular uh, version of the track. It's because it just all sounds so good. Mm-hmm. And it goes with those. It still does the do, 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 that downward progression. Yeah. And But the piano is always doing something different during that section and it just sounds real good Mm -hmm. yeah i just i just like this song in general a lot too so i'm i'm happy that this version exists for sure yeah Yeah. and uh i feel like i don't know if this is for sure true but it's something i've noticed it seems that the songs from new skin for the old ceremony he seems like a little looser with the lyrics in them i've just like he likes to just add in words. Oh, yeah. I think I talked about on that episode of one where he said, uh, uh, you were that fancy new KY jelly and I was oh, just yeah, ordinary yeah. Vaseline. Yes. And here it's a, it's a pretty subtle one, but instead of you lose your pride, he says you lose your precious pride. Oh. Um, which just brings a whole, a whole other layer of like commentary to that, I think. Yeah. It just means something really different. To have that neutral, you lose your pride. Yeah. Versus the very unneutral, you lose your precious pride. Yeah. Which it sounds so, like, uh, I mean, knowing that the song's about uh, a husband and wife. Yeah. Having a, a tough time. It's a little meaner. Yeah. Um, the main reason, of course, that I included this song on the playlist is when he says, listen to the ladies now. Oh, yeah. And they just fucking go nuts. Yeah. What is that? It's it's their it's their jazzy scat break. <laughs> yeah, who knew we needed a scat solo? Yeah, on a common song, but it's sick. That was it. It sort of threw me at first, and then it started growing on me. I think if I if I had a little complaint about that, it's there's this part where they like pick up tempo, mm. but it lasts like four bars, and then it just goes back, and I'm like. If you're going to do that, maybe just stretch that out a little longer because it just feels so like abrupt and then it's over. And it's like, why did we have to do this? Mm. You don't agree? No, I do sort of do. Because, yeah, I I think when it happens, when it kicks in, Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, what? Yeah. Wild. And then it it does sort of just kind of fade back into the song. Yeah, I agree with you there. It doesn't really like uh, stick out in the memory so well. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that could have been like a, just a fun, like little, just like sudden energy boost in the song. If it just like went on for even eight bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I like this one a lot. Yeah. Yep. Still really cool. Yep. Next is The Window, back to 1979. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, so I don't necessarily have too much to say about this. This Me is, neither. of course, a very, uh, very similar to the album version yeah but um because that's what this tour was in a large part i thought i should include a taste of that yeah and it is lovely yeah it sounds beautiful violin's gorgeous yeah well that's a weird thing is that somehow this violin seems better here than on the album i don't it somehow sounds like more present and arresting somehow i don't know why that would be like I mean, maybe Raffi Akopian is just more on tonight or like mm. he's had time to uh, interact more with Leonard and the band and 
he's just uh, fitting in better. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. But yeah, the the violin solo I'm really into on this. Yeah. And and as you may recall, I adore from the from the studio version the the bass line in the chorus. Mm. And there's a lot of it in this version because <laughs> on on the studio version it only happens in the first and third chorus, whereas it happens in every chorus and there are more choruses in this version, so I am just very thrilled <laughs> to hear it every single time. Sometimes it's the octave up and sometimes it's the octave down. I do prefer a little bit the octave up, but hey, it all sounds good. Uh, and again, like even the bass, like I, I think it's more to do. It's less to do with like the playing of it and more to do with the tone. But like the tone just sounds, I think, so much better in this in the live version. That one I actually am not with you on. Oh, OK, really? Um, I thought it was a, a little bit much. On this oh, version. like like overpowering. Yeah. Oh, but. I guess I don't really care. <laughs> and it's a small complaint. And right. I, I think it's still a, a beautiful song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Backup vocals on the chorus, still great. Oh, yeah. 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 Jennifer Warren, Sharon Robinson, they always kill it. Yeah. But I guess that's all we have to say about the window. Well, yeah, it's like, this is, this is really the one. I mean, have we, have we had um, another example of a live song that we've listened to so far that is like that close? No, I don't think so. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like... You know, same musicians as on the album, and they just went straight out on tour. Right, it makes sense. But uh, you know, um, last time when we talked about recent songs, I mentioned that Leonard Cohen called that his favorite album of his. Um, oh yeah, in around two thousand one or something like that. So, right, you know, not <laughs> all of his albums were included in that assessment, but most of them were. Uh huh. And he also, at some point, around a similar time said that uh, this was probably his best tour in 1979. Okay. So, uh, like it or not, we really have to (laughs) grapple with the fact that recent songs and the songs on it are like, to Leonard Cohen, Yeah. like, that's what his art is. Okay. Do you have, I don't know if we talked about this on recent songs, we may have done, but do, do you have a speculation as to why that is? Well... Not on hand, but yeah. let's let's see what we can do. So we talked about how uh, his mother had yes um, passed around the time of recording it, and right. she had uh, asked him why he doesn't sing songs like they used to sing together when he was a kid, which are these like old like Russian and Jewish traditional songs, um, which the recent songs, especially the more violin focused ones, yeah, uh, take a lot of influence from. So there's that. Okay, but it's hard to imagine that that would. Uh, be responsible for him calling it his favorite. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Well, um, I mean, like, I think that's a good thought. My only other thought was maybe that there was, I mean, well, I was going to say that maybe there was just that he was in like a different mindset this time, though. A, that kind of falls apart remembering that this was around the time where his mother died, but it was also at the time when like he was exiting a relationship that made him miserable for years. Mm. But also, like, especially as a retrospective, if you're talking about this album in 2001, like, I don't think that would be the only reason that, especially someone like Leonard Cohen would would say that that was his favorite album. I think he would absolutely, like, take into account the the content of it lyrically yeah. and musically. So my my only explanation immediately falls apart <laughs> when, <laughs> when talking it out. So, yeah, I, do, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say that Leonard Cohen seems to gravitate towards very 
clean sounds and not necessarily simple in the sense of like, you know, simple sentiments or even necessarily simple playing. Uh-huh. But a sort of like... um Scaled back? Yeah. And like, uh, I'm really uh, having to circle this one from a wide arc. But, I believe uh, in you. <laughs> you know, easygoing is a word that might approach mm. what I'm trying to get at. I can see that these songs on recent songs have an element of, um, oh, I really hope that sentence was just going to find itself. <laughs> of, e- um, of easygoingness. Well. I was, well, I don't know if this will help you along like with your thought, but I also had the thought because when I was saying like the time in his life, it was also, I forgot about the other important detail that he was free from the clasp of, <laughs> of Phil Spector. Yeah. So that sound that you're talking about is obviously like in sharp contrast mm-hmm. with the way that Phil Spector produces and certainly the way he produced death of a ladies man. Yeah. You actually did help me. <gasps> I think because oh my God bless. <laughs> I think what I'm getting at is pure. Oh yeah. And I mean, we can quibble about tastes and like in some sense you could say something like Suzanne or in a whole other way, something like, I don't know story of Isaac mm-hmm. are like more pure maybe, but you okay. can also see why Leonard Cohen might feel that the songs on recent songs are this, uh, a certain type of pure. That, yeah. That he really values. Like it, they, um, I don't know. You think about like the guests and it's got, we like, we talk about Leonard Cohen not having a lot of concrete de- concrete details yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I think that's something he likes. I think he likes to, just kind of circle an idea, an abstract idea. Yeah. With his words. Uh-huh. And just sort of like evoke it in various ways. So I can see actually why he would really like the guests. Even though right. I find it kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a lot of songs on that album that have a, a similar sort of approach. Yeah, know? it's true. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think we've totally cracked it, but... No. But I think we're getting there. Yeah, I think so. Maybe once we reach By 2001, the, we'll be yeah. able to look back and see. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, I guess we'll move on. Okay. The next song on the playlist is So Long, Marianne, again from 1979. Yeah. This, I mean, I think this rules. Yeah, this is good. This is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the choruses sound huge. Yeah, and there's, I mean... For, I mean, I guess this happens a little on the studio version, but especially here from chorus to chorus, there is a build. Mm, yeah. It starts pretty, not quiet, but it starts more like we're warming up here and then it just gets bigger and bigger. And I always love a crescendo. So sure, yeah. that it just, yeah, it hits so beautifully. Yeah. And I never knew I wanted a violin and sax solo in so long. Oh Marianne. my God. Yeah. But it turns out I did. Yeah. I love it, it. And I love the way it just like, the violin just like passes it off to the sax, like yeah. Really smoothly and just like perfectly. I don't know. I was. I think this was towards the end of the tour, and I feel like 
those two players were just like really in sync yeah just like we're reading each other really well but then also the way that then the sax solo just like passes off into the chorus is also really oh yeah expert I feel like I'm worried that like I'm mixing up songs in my head. Is this the one where the violin? I'm gonna try my best to describe this, but like where the violin solo does like that really fast, like do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm not sure. Actually, I can't. It's hard to. I can't do a violin sound, but it might be the song. If it was a previous song, I meant to remark on that and say that I really like that, but I do think it's this. But anyway, probably. Yeah. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of like little details in this I like. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the big ones is near the end with um, Climb This Whole Mountainside. Hey. Yeah. That was one of my notes too. Oh, yeah. Because he he holds um, uh, to wash my, for uh, for wash my eyelids in the rain. He holds eye for so long. And that, that always really excites me in music when like, you know, that a certain line has to fit in the thing, but it keeps going on. You're like, Oh, how's he going to fit it into <laughs> like the rest of this? And then like, it just, it just squeezes in, but in a way that like is so cool and just like leads right into the chorus, which is also like big build. Yeah. The song's just a, yeah, the song that gets me excited about So Long Marianne again. Yeah. I mean, we kind of like, yeah. we kind of talked about this where like, I started, I started sort of feeling the way you did about this song a little bit. And like this version just like breathed, breathed? Yeah. Yeah. Breathed. <laughs> it sounded weird for a second. <laughs> breathed like such a life into this song. For sure. It's yeah. so good. You should listen to um, Latter Day Live Bob Dylan bootlegs. Okay. If you like to, uh, <laughs> Here's somebody walk the tightrope of fitting a line into a. Oh a yeah, bar. cool. He's, he's always just like, uh, what's above the line? He's like, uh, well, it ain't no use to sit and wonder why, baby. <laughs> That's what he's always doing. Oh yeah, doing that. that that does sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, on earlier tours, um, "You Are Such a Pretty One" had become "You Are Such a Beautiful One," oh. and by this point. It's you are such a perfect one. Oh, um, I don't know if there's uh, any armchair psychologizing to be doing there. Uh huh. Um, maybe he's missing Marianne. Yeah. In these uh, post Suzanne days. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Well. Well. In in terms of like changing or like adding lyrics, it's a little thing, and I don't really have much to say about it, but just the simple starting with, would you come over? Is that mm. what it is? Would you come over to the window, my little darling? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when, in, when on the studio version just starts straight with come over. I don't know. Just a nice little yeah. different flavor. Well, it's, yeah, it's almost like a little more mature. It's just like yeah. not just commanding, but... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, acknowledging mm-hmm. the, the other party's humanity and yeah. agency. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Of next, one more 1976 one. Well, I don't know why I say one more. It's another <laughs> 1976 one. Uh, the Butcher. And I like right at the beginning. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess somebody just suggested it. And you the hear Larry Cohen be like, The Butcher? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, The Butcher. Yeah. Yeah, so funny. And and uh, wow. 
Yeah, wild. Yeah, this is this is uh I appreciate this interpretation. Yeah, on the one hand, it seems hard to believe that it's happening. <laughs> um but then you think about it more and it's like this was a pretty like straightforward blues song. Yeah. Originally. So it kind of makes sense that they've got this like mid-tempo yeah. bar band kind of deal going. Yeah, no, I think it I think it actually really works and like to hear the studio version you never would have like imagined the yeah. song sounding that way. Yeah. But yeah, it just it just clicks. Yeah. And here we actually do get a sick guitar tone when that solo hey. comes in. I'm oh re- yeah. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's easier to hit that like uh sort of like country fried <laughs> rock guitar solo than it is like the Pink Floyd cosmic <laughs> style. But yeah. either way, it works. Yeah. And the vocal performance is uh is oh, just yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. He's going for it. Yeah, it's interesting the difference between Leonard on record and him live. I mean, generally the albums are better. I think Mm -hmm. we can mostly agree, but yeah, they're very, like we said, perfectionist and like, yes, when it isn't clicking, like on recent songs, it can be a little like stayed. What do you mean? Stayed? Uh, boring. Gotcha. (laughs) Stayed. I don't think I've ever heard that. Uh, yeah. It's just like, you know, um, unlively and plain. Yeah. Cool. Whereas then it's great to see or hear on these live tracks him like stretch out and try different things. Yeah. It's just all so much more casual than the albums are. And it's it's just like a lot of fun. It's like seeing a Leonard show in the 70s. It's just like seeing a whole bunch of like different possible ways Leonard Cohen's career could have gone. Yeah. You know? And like probably he chose the right way to go. Right. You know, overall on his albums but you know this shows like it also would have been pretty cool if you just like played bar band rock music and yeah like, true it wouldn't be that bad yeah or like you could have played like weird like ambient tunes like that suzanne one and like, yeah it would all be really cool well that's what's i mean that's that's what's great about live music and when you have when you're when you're going to see someone you know and you're established obviously you want them to bring it and you want there to be a sort of core of the the song you once knew and loved but it's also this acknowledgement that it's like this is i mean with the with the exception of like when um specific performances are recorded there's still the mindset of like this is something that's like just for us this Mm. is just for the people in the room and like you i mean you're there unless you know you're there to see a very unequivocally like sad band or like you you want just some of that like fun and like sort of free formness you want you like you'll have a good time if they're having a good time mm-hmm, for sure and i think yeah songs like this like that really shines through definitely mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think um well <laughs> there may be many faults to my playlist curation i don't know but i think the <laughs> one that i would uh possibly cop to is that uh this set as a whole probably has a fair bit more energy than right an actual intercom concert, at least like by percentages. Uh-huh. Um, they were usually like really long, even in this stage. The like, shows as a whole? Yeah. Like okay. S- so many songs. So they had this many energetic songs, but there's just also a lot of quieter songs yeah. mixed in throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> it, makes it, <laughs> no. fun to, it makes it fun to listen to. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. And... uh Having the butcher as the penultimate track just seemed to work out really well. Yeah. And uh, 
It leads on into <gasps> a very special song for us. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting for this one. Uh-huh, yeah. It's uh, Do I Have to Dance All Night, which uh, you've definitely all heard some of. It's the question we've been asking week after week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is from a show in 1976, but a different one. Uh, it's from a show in Paris. There is a version from the Montreux concert, which has better audio quality, but it's not as good. Actually, okay. there, there's like a few versions and none of them are as good um, as mm. this one. There's one from the 1980 continuation of the 79 tour. Uh, and it's got its own thing going, but it's very slow. Like you couldn't really dance to it. And I think that's pretty key. Yeah. For this song. Well, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. First impression, surface level. That's why I love this song. It's because it's a dance track. Yeah. That doesn't want to dance. Yeah. I think that's great. It's so funny. It's also just wild. It still is wild, even after yeah, I've heard this so many times. Yeah. That Leonard Cohen in 1976 basically had a disco song. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's just wild. Yeah. It's just crazy. How did this happen? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this this song rules. I mean, from the time that we had established that this was going to be our intro outro song, I was just like very here for it. And I, I'm, uh, I'm the one who edits uh, our podcasts. And so I'm always putting in the clips obviously at the beginning and end. And I remember in film school, um, to, uh, one of our teachers talking about if you're uh, putting a song, especially a song that you love it, uh, in for like a scene or like a score or whatever soundtrack, like you have to understand that you will probably hate it by the end of this process. <laughs> Maybe they didn't use the word hate, but you will be like tired of it or whatever. Right. And we've been doing this for a couple months now and I'm always excited to hear it and getting to hear the full version. I was just like, Oh my God. Yes. It just like <laughs> hits all the notes. It gets me excited. I was today uh, listening to it before um, coming here and just that part with like that you hear at the end of our podcast where it's like the yeah yeah i was just like in my room just like fist to the heavens going yeah <laughs> it's just it, this song makes me so happy yeah no I, the day i first discovered it i was listening to it like so many times and yeah. i just remember i was just doing dishes and was finishing up and the song came on and uh yeah that part it leads into the chorus and i was just like Straight, fully dancing around my kitchen by myself, oh, yeah. having a great time. It was yeah, so fun. I uh, I really wish that uh, someone would like either cover this perfectly or like somehow make some kind of remix, uh huh, so that this could actually be played at dance clubs oh, in twenty twenty three. Yeah, maybe like pretty soon AI can like clean this up. Oh God, <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> Uh, sure just make it into like a normal recording yeah um because unfortunately it doesn't sound that great yeah um the, the it, quality of it yeah you mean. but yeah. it doesn't even matter the song shines through yeah it but does. yeah it really uh, does how much i would so yeah i mean this song really <laughs> speaks to me because you know as a young man who was interested in meeting young women <laughs> i had to go to the places where people dance sometimes yeah and uh I never found a way to enjoy it except for the one, the one, the one obvious way Yeah, that people enjoy dancing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when that wasn't available, all there was, was drinking and that wasn't enough for me. I just, I, I just remember 
standing well dancing there just very consciously moving my body right while my brain just continues to talk to itself saying do i have to dance all night basically yeah (laughs) yeah well i i only made this connection recently the song actually reminds me of a um more recent track from one david byrne off uh the album uh, the studio album and live album American Utopia called Everybody's Coming to My House mm-hmm. in which uh, it's a very lively upbeat song and the chorus is everybody's coming to my house and I'm never going to be alone everybody's coming to my house and they're never going to go back home <laughs> and that has I think a pretty like similar energy yeah <laughs> sort of no I see what you mean yeah yeah, yeah well because even this can be uh, read in two ways I obviously like to read it in the uh, the grumpy, annoyed way, the way that you reflect <laughs> that yeah. reflects your just, experience. Just because I would have, <laughs> I would have loved back then to have a song come on that you can still dance to, but the chorus is just like mocking the idea of it. Uh-huh. That would have been so fun for sure. But on the other hand, do I have to dance all night? Is also an excellent come on if you're Leonard Cohen and can pull it off. If you're dancing with someone out on the out on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And they whisper in your ear, do I have to dance all night? That's hot. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. So it's, uh, yeah. I mean, classic Leonard Cohen. It means two things. Well, I, I also have a question. Um, oh, tell me bird of paradise. I, mean, the, I know that wasn't a question, well, the, but I assume you know <laughs> where I was going with yeah. that. <laughs> well, because the birds of paradise are the ones that do all their... Uh, their their big mating dances. Oh, is that, is that right? Yeah, oh, okay. Like, like in uh, Planet Earth too. I thought there was sort of <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought I thought that was just him sort of putting in one of his um, va- I mean, much more like vaguely sort of religious imagery because I I feel like I I think I've read that like there was a belief that like birds of paradise like weren't of the earth. Oh. That like they they were like from the heavens. I don't know about this, but it could be. I'm, I might be wrong about that, but I, I think mean, I've read that somewhere. Yeah. Anytime Leonard Cohen's using the word paradise, that's sure. probably a good bet that that's in his mind. Uh-huh. But yeah, I was definitely just but thinking the mating of, dance uh, that... you know, that guy who uh, moves all the little twigs out of his, <laughs> out of his nest space. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, the female can go stand up above him and then he can uh, dance on the bear jungle floor yeah and, and just look super hot yeah yeah that's what it's like yeah and, and bro, i don't know if birds of paradise are wondering if they have to dance all night i guess maybe that's why he's asking them. i mean it, probably oh. it, must, it must get pretty tiring yeah maybe, maybe but they're they, just but maybe they love it but they're just thinking of survival maybe they're expressing themselves yeah in the, the only way they know how maybe anyway uh yeah do i have to dance all night but yeah, if you've if you if you've enjoyed hearing that song opening and closing our podcast, absolutely. I mean, check out the rest of the playlist anyway. But certainly, check out this song. Yeah, and if you haven't, then uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's gonna keep happening. Uh huh. It sure is. Uh, this was put out as a single in Europe. Um, I believe this very recording. Uh huh. Um, hilariously, the B side was the original version of the Butcher. The original? Yeah. Damn. This is just like, yeah, I don't know. Some European department of the record label just has no idea what's going on. <laughs> just like, okay. You 
we recorded this live song and we need to put something on the back. But but wait wait a minute, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we talked last week about how you had thought that Do I Have to Dance All Night was a song that was uh, created during Death of a Ladies Man, but it was actually during recent songs. Is that correct? No, no, no. It no. was just written um, at some time. Because so this is okay. this is the 1976 tour here that it's being played on. This oh, is, this is right. when it was okay. first being played. So that's why I assumed that they would have recorded for Death of a Ladies Man in '77. I see, but apparently they did not. But and this they held off until '79. But it okay, did, it did not make it on the album. But this still, even with that, that still raises the question: Why? I mean. Already the choice of putting the studio version of The Butcher is bizarre, <laughs> but also like a song that's from, what, three albums ago? Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's so weird. It's wacky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Those Europeans, man. Those kooky Europeans. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm sad to uh, say goodbye to Do I Have to Dance All Night? Yeah. But I don't really know if I have more to add to it at the moment. Well... Let this be a relief. You don't have to dance all night. <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that concludes our our live listening. Yeah. What did you? The, uh, what do you think? What did you? What did you learn about Leonard Cohen? What did I? Uh, what in the whole era, or or in or in the live? Yeah. What did this? Uh, what did these live songs have to tell you about Leonard Cohen? At this stage. Well, I mean, you, you were talking earlier about how you were ultimately glad that you picked the songs you did, but it was also there was a little trepidation of the fact that you, that you left out some of maybe like the, I, I don't want to say lower energy, but like the not like super upbeat ones. But I had a lot of fun with this one. And I think there was also just, uh, I was able to get into a different mindset where I was coming in with more of an open mind and being like, you know what? let's let these songs be what they are. Maybe they won't always work, but I, I definitely was a lot more receptive. And I think I just enjoyed, I think probably in general, I enjoyed this selection um, more than live songs. So kudos, but uh, yeah, I had a, I had a great time listening to this. And I think, um, I think it is clear that Leonard's um, getting more comfortable live and we're glad to see it. And uh, he's touring with some good people. And that's all, that's all I got. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I pretty much agree with the sentiments. I'm uh -huh. not sure I'd rank this list above uh, live songs. I wouldn't think so. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, I did pick these songs. I think they're good. Yeah. Uh, even great, a lot of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to have made it. I'll probably listen to it more in the future. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll probably go to it instead of Field Commander Cohen. Right. Not sure I'll, well, no, I was going to say not sure I'll ever listen to that one again, but okay. hopefully I've got many a long year ahead of me. So yeah, I shouldn't say that. Absolutely. And you know, maybe one day it and recent songs will click with me mm -hmm. and I'll just be like, hell yeah, Rafi, play me that violin all day. Yeah. But we'll see. For sure. Um, but in the meantime, I don't know. I don't know what to add. You said it. He's uh, great. It's, I think that it, that is like the the thing to take away here is uh, he's a man who's just becoming way more of a professional performer. That is in clear. a live setting. And, yeah. Uh, you know, live songs has like really great stuff and songs that I love 
mm-hmm. and I think great performances mm-hmm. um, throughout it. But uh, yeah, there's just something special about a man who's having a good time. Yeah. So I guess that's all I got to say. Yeah. So this is good. To, good that we ended up doing this. I know it. It you were you were concerned of the idea of just going in with one of the studio albums from this time because you're like I just don't think it holds enough for us to talk about so the fact that you were able to curate something it paid off very nicely well I'm glad to hear it yeah um so yeah next week I guess we're gonna do our uh our roundup of (laughs) of this era which uh I guess we're calling the searching era Uh (laughs) uh-huh we're we're acting like uh the name is still up for debate you of course will have seen the youtube playlist for a week that has that that name emblazoned across the top of it yeah um but surprise time is strange Mm -hmm. and here we are a week and a half ago still wondering what to call it yeah Um, but we haven't come up with anything better than the searching era because uh i mean it just uh, describes the era yeah he's searching through sounds he's searching through sounds and ideas i think Mm -hmm. like uh new skin and death of a lady's man and recent songs even just aside from the music just the the poetry yeah we have a lot of different stuff going on yeah so i think searching is appropriate yeah and it's uh yeah it's an interesting era (laughs) definitely the most disparate of the leonard cohen eras that we are arbitrarily labeling yeah well not quite arbitrarily. There are reasons, but yeah. people might disagree. Uh-huh. Um, I think this one's pretty cut and dry because after 1979, he's basically gone from the public eye for five years. Mm. Um, and he'll come back in 1984 for various positions. And yeah. we'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks. But yeah. yeah, next week, we're going to uh, create another little playlist for you. Excellent. Of all of our favorite songs from these last three albums. Uh-huh. And we can't wait. Yeah, we can't wait. We hope to see you there. See you there. Okay, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Until next time. Do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Good night, friends. Thank you very much.